I'm Lissa Mia Smith. And I'm Anna Mercier. And you're listening to Turning to Story. As writers, we've experienced the triumphs and heartbreaks of the publishing industry, from endless rejection to dream book deals. Through it all, we've learned to embrace the one thing in this chaotic industry we can always control. Our craft. eight-year-old asked me the name of our podcast he thought I was just being interviewed repeatedly he's oh. like why are you on this podcast all the time I'm like well it's it's, it's what I'm doing I'm, I'm hosting with a friend and he's like what's the name of it I'm like turning to story he's like I'm gonna listen tomorrow I'm like well um, um. <laughs> well we curse on there it's like really for adults he's like well when you record tonight try to remember that your children are listening <laughs> like mature little man thing to say to be like mom remember your kids are listening your kid your children are listening <laughs> is this an episode that i need to make clean just for them i can release a clean version with i think beeps. i'll just i'll give him i don't think he's actually gonna like it so no, like he'll, get, he'll get five minutes into this and be like this yeah. is adult boring he's stuff. like He's literally listened to one podcast episode of anything ever, and it was like a Pokemon one, and he like really enjoyed it, but then forgot that pods existed. existed. Yeah. Oh. He's into audiobooks, though. Precious. Like yeah. I love I him. <laughs> I love him. All right. We will remember that young people are listening. We have young ears. We do. Young ears. No well, Edward ears. I definitely. No Edward ears. No. Um, but this won't be an episode he should listen to because this is the <gasps> drum roll, please. It is the romantic arc episode, Hooray! the romance episode, aka the love in my heart that I get to share with the world. <laughs> I am so excited for this because um, I don't think it made it on it because we were talking. You you've shared about your edits. I will share yes. about mine. Uh, I, I'm at the like final edit stage, like line edits. So let's not change a whole bunch of things. And then uh, my wonderful, wonderful, wonderful agent was like, maybe we should analyze the romantic arc after this really, really great scene. Cause I just don't get a feel of where they're at for each other. And then I went back and looked at it and uh, I just stopped writing them in scenes together. There's like 40 pages <laughs> where they don't interact or think about each other, period. And life or death stakes. It's life or death stakes in a YA novel, but you can't forget the romance arc. So educate me on how to so, make kisses. <laughs> I'm a little nervous that we're going to do this and your book is fantastic and you're in the... Uh, line edit only phase and you're gonna have like a brain melt and be like i didn't do this i didn't do this when you probably have okay. done most of it are you ready so ready. i already ready, looked up beat sheets for romance and i made a franken romance beat sheet out of like three different beat sheets because mm-hmm. i was like this one doesn't fulfill everything and this one doesn't do it and then i basically made my own and th- that allowed me to be like, oh, I do have this moment. I just need to put it in her point of view and make sure she says, uh-oh, he's hot. <laughs> I need to put in things of, oh, no, I caught feelings. So I'm good. I'm ready. Well, there's like a that egotistical part of me is like, but can we get her to have a breakdown? 
can this episode be so good that Anna cries? I am I am known for being fragile. So let's do it. I got my tears. Oh, oh, I got my tears. And I have, I just learned who um, who Phoebe Phoebe Bridgers is. Oh, yeah. I've never oh, you heard. Just did what, you just I've Ed Sheeran Phoebe Bridgers. I've heard people talk about Phoebe Bridgers and... Uh, yeah, she's great. I've now just, I heard a song today, didn't know it was her, and then suddenly I was crying in my classroom, and I was like, who is this? And then I looked, and I was like, it's that girl that people cry to all the time. <laughs> so I've never been, like, super into her, but I'm, I know a few of her songs, and everyone tells me I would really like her because of the crying. Uh, it's it's real. Good. So I'm, good. I'm, I'm primed. Okay, good. Cheer ducks are ready. I'll aim high. <laughs> oh, boy. Huh. No, I don't really want to make you piss your pants. I don't want to piss my pants. I got too much to do to clean it up. I'll just sit in it. What's that little drip sound? <laughs> Nothing. What's it's the little drip I sound? I my beverage. <laughs> <laughs> Is it apple juice? It's apple juice. <laughs> God dang it. I did a little poll on Instagram and I was like, how much do we like information and how much do we like silliness? I missed your poll. It was great. I was like, silliness or information? And I think like three out of like 30 people were like, just give me the information. And everybody else was like silliness. But then I had a couple of people text me and be like, I like the giggles, but I'm really here for the information. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So. (laughs) All right, people. Pants are on and they're dry. And they're dry. We are ready for information. Romance. Okay. Romantic arc. Um, So, okay, first and foremost, if it hasn't been clear from the other, what is this, episode six? This will be episode six. Okay. So, halfway through season one. Whoa. Yeah. (gasps) That's fun to say. Right? We're halfway through season one. Anywho, if you haven't realized by now that I am romance obsessed, I am, I can I've discovered, read a book that does not have a romance in it, but I choose not to most of the time. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, It has to be recommended to me by people I trust or written by someone I trust. Um, But for 99 times out of 100, if I'm picking up a book, it is a disqualification if it doesn't have a romance. I just really enjoy it. Yeah, I have to have it. It's not like, okay, so I am not like romance centered. Like it's only romance. I like fantasy romance or sci-fi romance or horror romance or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. I have to have romance. I prefer speculative romance. That's my my jam is romance with the Mm -hmm. oh something different in it. Yes. Uh, But I read a ton of contemporary romance, which I started doing because my some of my first critique partners, my first ever critique partner was Alex Martin, who is a romance writer. Uh, and then in Pitch Wars, I just like naturally gravitated toward the adult romance writers the first time around. I don't know how it happened. It just right. it happened. Uh, so a number of my friends were adult romance writers. And so I read for them and just be, like got sucked into the, the genre more. Uh, and there's a lot you can learn. I recommend anyone who wants to write a good romance should read either a YA romance or an adult contemporary romance because if you can make an entire page turning can't put down story when you already know the ending right because in order to be a romance it has to have a happily ever after or happily for now h-e-a or h-f-n as mm-hmm. we call it then you know it's going to happen it's just how it happens otherwise yeah. it's not a romance yeah it can have again fantasy romance there are things that can be 
romantic fantasy can be romantic. Ravel is a romantic fantasy. It's right. not a fantasy romance, and the reason for that is it does not it does not guarantee a happily ever after a happily yeah. ever now. It, yeah. There's a lot of shit that happens. Sorry, son. <laughs> Mama's cursing. Mama's doing it. She's off the she's off the rails. <laughs> she was like off the. She did not of? <laughs> remember her children. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, son. So yeah, a piece of random advice number one, if you want to get good at romance, dissect and digest contemporary romance because these authors are making a story that you know how it ends. You know the two characters end up together. You And you know what their flaws are, usually in the very beginning. Right. And those flaws have to be compelling enough that you can't have planets colliding yeah. or magical spells going wrong or curses binding them together, though they are from enemy armies. Like Right. There's, it just is just two normal people. Yeah. Who fall in love. That's the thing. Like, even though it's not my jam, I understand that it is very difficult. Like, I can appreciate how difficult it is to write it because you have nothing else to distract the reader, I guess, or nothing else to ensnare the reader's interest. Like, and what you said is so smart is you know they are getting together, you know, the ending. So then it's like, how do I craft this really great journey? Which I have a feeling comes down to character yes let's start there so what do you mean by that you don't have to start uh but no i literally i'm you're reading my mind because look what i wrote down oh my goodness isn't that crazy it says character and i underlined it i love how chaotic that is it's like in the middle of the notebook (laughs) page with nothing else around it i think there's like a little doodle of some kind i'm not sure that's the number one because that's where i was gonna make a a list but the number one is not is not like where you would put it in grade school it is like 13 lines down not even on the red line it's like somewhere in the middle this is great our brains are similar this you just learned so much about me okay so yes i did not realize that it's weird that on a blank piece of paper 13 lines down and almost over to the right i wrote number one and then four lines after that A little to the left. This is going to be great. What if we keep these notes for the end of this podcast and we upload them on Instagram? We're like, here's number one character. Uh, So yeah, so tell me what you were thinking with character and then I'll tell you what I was thinking with character. So like, if it's it's a thing of like, two characters, you know they're going to get together in the end. It's all about the how, right? And we've talked Mm -hmm. about before, a story is like, you can have all the cool stuff in the world in it. You can have alien invasions, you can have whatever. But it doesn't mean as much or anything if you have if you don't have like a compelling character to drive you forward. So I can see with like romance, there is there is lightning happening when you have a character that's established that's like, I totally dislike um, people who are chaos and put the number one in the middle of a notebook page and <laughs> their car is a mess and or whatever. And they are very much a person who is like totally in order and totally in line and they have their future mapped out. And then suddenly character B, who is literally everything they hate, walks into their life. And so you you immediately as a reader, you're like, oh, shit, how is this going to work out? Yes, that's perfectly put. So okay. two, two parts of that. One is compelling character. It's a yeah. really good point that a good romance that doesn't have all the distractions that we fantasy authors can throw in Uh there uh, to hide and mask our mistakes and shortcomings has to have good character, uh, an interesting character. So you want to be in, again, our episode one, character is story, episode two, 
well, let's plot episode three voice, like all uh-huh. of these things adding together are really important uh, in this sort of book. But more than that, the second piece of what you said was what I was thinking too, which is the it's the relationship between the two, the chemistry between the two. Right. And so I think like a good starting piece for us is like when you're thinking about a romantic arc, designing characters that are both a puzzle. This is my alliteration that I just wrote down. I'm very proud. Puzzle pieces for perfection. Like, they are perfect Love together. It. They fit like puzzle pieces. Let's start there. Uh-huh. Uh, and then B, which we'll get to, is destination disaster. More <gasps> alliteration. Oh, look at this. It's my turn to take notes. <laughs> okay, continue. So puzzle pieces for perfection. What I'm thinking there is that, like, my favorite characters are... They're missing a piece, and the other person in the romance is the only person who can fill it. Okay. Like, the, they, the other person sets apart in some way. Like, whatever this character's missing, whatever that... Maybe it's probably related to their misbelief in some way. Yeah. I think in a really exceptional romance, and above and beyond romance, the two characters, their needs and wants and desires will fit together like puzzle okay. pieces. Like, even, like, falling asleep watching Twilight last night, uh, it occurred to me. It's very subtle, and it's not as well-developed, but... Every guy in school comes up to Bella in uh, the movie, and I think this is from the book, too, and they say, hey, Isabella, right? Isabella, right? And Edward is the only one who says Bella, oh, right? Oh, fuck. When he, when he finally You're so talks so- to her. Sorry. Sorry to... Go ahead. Sorry to listen. Sorry, son. son. Sorry, son. Sorry, son. <laughs> sorry, son. Whoa. What? Were you going to call me smart? That's so smart. Thank you. I can't. I don't Whoa. think. Like, I'm just. I've what probably a subtle, seen it a like, times. holy sh. Okay. And the whole, like, her experience at the school with boys so far, it's better with girls, but with boys so far, is they're not listening. They're not reading who she is. They're not asking her about it. They're taking her picture. They're asking her to prom. Like, all very exciting right. teenage things. But Bella's not the audience for this. She's really, like, a headphones in, quiet, shy. Right. Lonely loner on purpose. Like, this is who she is. Yeah. And Edward starts what he calls her Bella, and he starts asking the deep questions right away. And what she really needs, and part of her misbelief, is she takes care of other people, and she doesn't think she really fits in anywhere, and so she kind of deals by staying alone. Right. And he has, like, the things that she's missing, money. She lives in a house with one bathroom. They make that clear. But, you know, she doesn't care so much about that but he's got money he has a family he has like a found family uh-huh. uh he has status that she doesn't have right she's clumsy and he is uh superhuman strength balance etc right. uh he is her intellectual match and he's the right. only guy at school who's actually asking like why are you here do you want to be here like how are you exactly. how are you really bella because i have heard you tell people over and over again it's bella it's bella it's bella because I've been reading their minds and I've watching you sleep. <laughs> and standing in the corner. It's really, the more we joke about it, like when he like appears in the movie in the corner, I like was dying. Well, A, because he's pissing himself in the corner. Because he's pissing and, himself in the corner. But it's also just so creepy. It's, it's so, so bad. Like, it's so bad. It's like, so... read a book, Edward. Right. Eddie, read Come a book. on. You're how old now? When was the Spanish influenza? Like, come on, dude. If you're ancient, you have more to do than sit there and watch a teenager sleep. It's not it's not a pretty it's not picture. Cute. It's not it's cute. It's not a cute thing. Um, anywho, we digress. But yeah, yeah. so the, the fitting together perfectly. I'm trying to think of more examples. Um, uh, in Ravel, I was 
conscientious of this, and it's not it's not like an obvious one, but uh, Lux is the star, and she's suffering, and her magic causes her, and her sacrifice causes her to be in constant pain that most people don't realize because uh-huh. she smiles. And because Jameson has the sort of trauma history that would require him to be really good at reading faces so that he knows when trouble's coming, he knows when she's in pain. He knows what it looks like when someone's masking pain. No, I remember this. I remember when it was like, I think there's even a point in the book where he brings it up and somebody's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, they just, they don't see. Yeah, like, hey, is she good? Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. (laughs) That was so good. That was so well done. And he, like calls it out to her as if he assumes everyone knows it. Well, like, yeah, every time you're doing this, like, you're in pain. And she's like, shut the fuck up. Like, right? <laughs> you, you're not supposed to notice you that. No one's supposed that. to notice that. Yeah. And the other way around is he's an orphan. He's looking for a place of belonging. Uh, right. He does not feel special at all. And by the nature of the star, the most quote-unquote special celebrated person on this island right. ends up falling for him. Uh-huh. And she has this huge family that accepts him as their own even before anything right. could potentially go down with them like she provides what he is missing okay. even though it's like, you know what i mean like, yeah i'm thinking in my head too of like i don't know i'm i'm just gonna go with fourth wing because fourth wing is very apparent very quickly mm-hmm. is that she needs somebody not to tell her you're going to die because we've talked about this on a previous episode like Everybody in her life tells her that you are going to die. You're too weak to do this. You can't do this. Mm-hmm. And then he's the only one who's like, you can do this. You need to do it right, though. Yeah. Get get up and do this. Yeah. Which is, and I think it's important that we do mention Fourth Wing because this is one of those learning from the bestseller yeah. things. Um, Sarah J. Moss does the same thing. Uh-huh. Her main ship in A Court of Mist and Fury. Uh, I don't want to give away spoils for anyone who hasn't right. heard of what the twists are, but they're, you know... The one, there are two love interests, and one coddles her. Yes. And tries to keep her safe. And she has just gained tremendous power. And the other one says, get up. Get up. Why aren't you fighting for yourself anymore? Get up. You can do this. And he actually puts her in danger because he needs to work on his own shit. But he puts her in danger to show her, like, you're strong. You're fine. You don't need anybody to protect you. Mm -hmm. So he is exactly what she needs. Uh And then in the inverse with her human heart and her empathy and her right. recent human experience, she is exactly what he exactly. needs in different ways. That, like, forgiveness that yeah. I see through. Um, and then the same thing I'm thinking fourth wing. I was, like, pondering, like, what does she bring for him? And I think it's it's that, I think what makes her such a compelling protagonist for me is mm-hmm. that she does not take shit, right? Like, yes, she, in a world that he has probably, like, had many people back like back down or like treat him differently she's like i'm not going to treat him differently just only treat him differently when he's an asshole (laughs) like you're a dick and i'm gonna tell you you're a dick right Right. now and like i think providing that almost unbiased viewpoint is what he needs it's something different okay Um, i like this saba tahir is ember in the ashes have you read that i have not oh my god i know it's on long list it's one of my favorite. It's not a romance. I should make that clear. Yeah. It's pain. It is pain. Okay. Saba. I've heard. I love have and heard. Hate you. It is pain, but I love the the romance that occurs in there so much. It is like one of the best. Like, it has you yearning and longing so hard because it's like it's real bad, but they are so good for each other. Oh. And it's not. I mean, it's very obvious. So I'm not giving anything yeah. away. But like book one, like uh, Laya, who's one of our uh-huh. main characters she is put 
she is soft and she's put in a very dangerous environment, but she's tough, like she's feisty, and she shows Elias there is another way to fight other than with your fists and swords and murder. Like she fights with her words, she fights with she fights for what is right unabashedly. Right. She is incredibly strong but while being physically normal. Uh-huh. And he's like a super soldier essentially. And he she is the only person in his world who is that sort of strength. Okay. And he is the only person in, in her world who is that sort of strength. Wow. Yeah. It's really like That's it's really good. good. They're from two different worlds. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, puzzle pieces for perfection. Step one Step to one. a romance plot dip, which we will get to. <laughs> um, destination disaster. This is step two in, in the just design of the romance. I love it when the, the lies, the misbeliefs, the flaws, whatever you call them, line up for disaster. Love that. Yes. And I think this is what contemporary romance authors do really well. And that's why a book is compelling. That's why we're all, so many of us are drawn to enemies to lovers. Right. Because we love to see, we love to see somebody going in with like power behind their beliefs, right? Like gumption behind what they believe in. And you know, they're not going to budge on it. And yet they fall in love with somebody who believes the exact opposite. Or somebody whose, you know, belief is, like, in total conflict. And you know they're going to have to surmount this almost seemingly insurmountable thing in order to get there happily ever after. Yep. So sometimes it's literally positioned like that, whether it's, you know, two different sides of a conflict or a forbidden romance Romeo and Juliet style or Mm -hmm. boss employee, you know, like we see those uh, opposing soccer teams. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of ways. And that's just, like, positionally they are designed to, like, they're not supposed to like each other yeah they do this can't be a thing yeah and also more subtly like um jessica day and nick miller a new girl for example she is neat and organized and clean and always wearing bright colors Uh and pleated skirt you know and he never showers and is a disaster and very proudly works at a bar with a maybe finished law degree unclear you know like um and they they argue constantly. They bicker constantly. Right. Uh, and it gives you, like, that operate. But they also, they are puzzle pieces for perfection in other ways. Ever since you brought them up in a previous episode, I have, like, chewed on that more and more and more. Because it's just, like, it's one of those, because it's a TV show and it takes a while to develop. You don't know when you fall. But at some point, you're like, I need them together. Oh, yeah. And they do it so well and so subtly. Oh, I just right. recently rewatched it, like, for this. And then when they break them up, I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> right. It's like, I'm over. It's finished. Skip ahead. Um, yep. You're so right. Like, I there there was a gif I saw the other day um, that was essentially him looking at Jessica being like, this world is going to chew her up. And, like, I can't remember <laughs> the quote, but it was one of those that I was like, oh, my gosh, I never even paid attention to, like, this is the arc for them. Yeah, she is the exception to his rule, yes. right? He is a grumpy, mistrusting. He made his best friends a long time ago. He doesn't have room for anyone else. He doesn't. He will never disappoint anybody if he never tries. Yes. Including himself. And then she comes in and she's so optimistic and everyone's yes. going to try their best. And, and I have and she, my 15 point future plan. Right, exactly. Uh-huh. And he's like, the world is going to spit her out. And so, like, quite literally in the first episode, he is a driving force to showing up for her when he knows she's doomed for disappointment. Oh my um, gosh. And then there are times when, like, yeah, 
she's trying to secretly do his pay his taxes for him so he doesn't go to jail like there's all sorts of yes yes um they challenge each other Uh and they're like so that's both the destination disaster piece and the puzzle pieces for perfection uh i love it so yeah i think designing characters with this in mind Right. Sets then a good course for for what comes next, which is so much fun. Which is the best. Because that's the part. Okay. <laughs> the designing of characters is the part that I struggle with like that. This helps a lot because this is the part that like from the be- from the outset, like I can develop characters, but then just having them be like, okay, now you have to make sure you're in opposition with each other and form a crackly, fiery romance. It's like. I just made you have beliefs that have nothing to do with each other or whatever. Like, (laughs) this is really, I like this. Good. And the opposition doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be enemies. Yeah. Like, Jess and Nick are friends. Yeah. Like, they get along and they have the same sense of humor. There's, like, a a very cool chemistry that happens the moment they meet because they actually like each other just as friends. Very good friends. But their their goals are misaligned. Like, they, you know, like... She is on one path to like her ideal world, and he's on another, and they don't right. converge. Right, which is um, something I like. I don't know where this fits in, but I think that makes this one tidbit that I've learned about like love triangles mm-hmm. make sense. Oh, I love this. I know what you're gonna say. I love yeah, that. it's one of my favorite things. A good love triangle, one that we remember and love, is one that represents two different paths of life. And I think it's because of those core beliefs that each character has, right? So that makes that make sense for me. Do you know who does that really well? Who? Do, 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 do. Oh, it's time. <laughs> I love how you just J-L-B. sang the Mario theme. You basically sang the Mario theme. That's, that's what I did last time, too. I, I got love it. Last time. <laughs> do, do, do. The Inheritance Games. Uh, there's a brother love triangle, oh, and they're opposite brothers, shit. and they pull opposite parts of the main character, and it is really rewarding. Bitch. All right, I'm going to be JLB does it again. She does it J- again. Damn it, JLB. You Damn it, JLB. Done it again. Um, so do you want to hear how I set up this and how it fits into Seven Layer Plot Tip Episode 2? If you haven't listened, go listen, because we are getting more feedback on that episode mm. and more yes. praise for that episode than anything else. Please go listen to it for not for us for you it's <laughs> our gift to you we're doing no, you a favor. <laughs> as soon as i said it i was like wow i loved it though wow it. we're just proud just, I, mean, proud I think it's a thing of being proud of being like here's yeah. a thing i can offer to you and here's the thing that that you have taught me that we have then taught other people right. that people are actually using like yes. that doesn't happen every that's day that's so fucking cool like that is it sorry is. son oh, that's so <laughs> sorry, cool son. like I don't know so go l- listen to that but you have adopted romance with the seven layer plot bit so I used to do a five-layer romance thing, but I'm just going to nix that and focus on seven-layer plot dip and how it fits in, because it fits very... I just I didn't have this. pinch points, I'm realizing. Like, okay. I had threads, and I'd braid them together, but not okay. pinch points. So um, so every matrix seven-layer plot dip that I've ever done for any story that I've written or for any story with romance has to have at least three columns. Okay. The main character's journey... Okay. The love interest journey and the romantic journey. Okay, this tracks. And I'd even add in there potentially the antagonist journey. So let's start with the romance then and then we'll build our way. Okay. Um, so seven layer plot tip, we always start at the bottom, right? Resolution. Yeah. 
most stories with romance, unless this is a long series or unless you're an asshole who hates me personally as your reader, uh, because I would throw my book across the room, most of the time they end up together. Okay. You're good? Yeah. Don't, Anna, if you do Doing this Doing great. <laughs> Doing great. <laughs> Sorry to our listeners who, like, when their couple doesn't end up together, I hate you. Except These for are... you, Edward. Except... Edward. <laughs> Except for you, Edward. Our, our one future our Edward. Our one future Love Edward. You. This episode's for you, Eddie. I say it tongue-in-cheek. I don't actually hate you. I just am so passionate about when I read that yeah. I might throw your book across the room. But when it's done well, it's done really well, and I respect it. Right. But I am root. If you're getting me to root for two people, and then you kill one, I'm going to write you Ooh, some mail. Yeah. But it's been done. I've seen both die, and I've been like, you know what? I respect this story. I right. Do. Um, so the emotion comes from you've done a good job, not that you actually need to change it. But, right. Okay. So usually resolution is they end up together. So then the exact opposite of that is they are not together. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. So the hook is usually what on a romance beat sheet they will call the meet cute. So meet cute, for those who don't know, meet cute is how we refer to the scene when you're two, when we first see your two main characters together mm-hmm. that are going to fall in love. Uh with the exception of, like, friends to lovers, usually they don't know each other yet. Right. And so this is when they meet, and we try to make it memorable in some way. Uh-huh. Um, that's a staple of, like, the romance genre. It tends to not just be, you know, they're they're next to each other on an airplane. is cool. They're right. Whatever it is. They bump into each other. They get into a traffic accident, mm-hmm. or I don't know. Um, it's a meet-cute. One of them spills something on the other. It's, it's not just like a, I don't know, like a friend introduces them, which Ex- could be cute. Anything could be done cute. Right. But it's something about it that I think is memorable. And maybe I would pause it to say kind of hints at like why they work or why they won't work together. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Cool. Yeah, so the the pure romance version of this, like in a if if romance was the whole plot, mm-hmm. would tell you show why they fit, show the puzzle pieces of perfection right. as we're calling them, but also show destination disaster. Okay. All in that first chapter, that first scene together. Not all in one moment, yeah. but all that's gonna happen very soon. Okay. Like very soon together. So in Ravel, my two main characters, when they actually are physically in the same room together, um, there is a mistaken identity, but while they're in mistaken identity, you see, wow, these two people actually really have chemistry. Right. And then once the mistaken identity is revealed, they both blame the other one, think they've been duped on purpose, and then that's that. This is never going to happen mo- Yeah. Moment. And times it's, like, absolutely declared, which is then, like, the subconscious reader is like, I know better. Right. I know better than I you, know. right? I know. I know. Which does that JLB thing that we love. Yes. Of making the reader do the work. Yes. So, so you- when you tell us, it's never going to happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. Love isn't worth it. This guy isn't worth it. Whatever that misbelief, that lie is, is now loud and clear. Like, I am trying to think of one and I can't. What's a lie that would have to do with romance? Um, oh, uh, it could be, it could be something as simple as like, I'm not going to fall in love because I have to focus on my career. Yeah. Right. Yeah. School comes first. Yes. Nothing else matters right yeah. now. Getting into this law school That's is the, the only, only thing, thing that matters. That matters. Right? Exactly. So they meet, there's chemistry, there's something, and then there's some sort of disagreement or haughtiness, something that, where there's a misunderstanding that I'd say, again, misunderstanding is fun. Next level would be both of them, this is where I 
drive myself crazy going in circles because I like analyze my favorite things and they're so hard to do it all. So don't stress out. This is something that I think people accomplish after many drafts and revisions and revisions. Or if you're me, when you rewrite to eternity, maybe one day I'll accomplish it. Forever and always, (laughs) our credo. Forever and ever and ever. King (laughs) King George. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's our theme song. So what what I try to get them to do is for however the misbelief plays out, however the lie plays out, whatever conflict, destination, disaster is, that it plays into both of their weaknesses or like a chink in, in their armor. Okay. Um, so in, I just, Ravel's the easiest one because I've thought about this, not to yeah. talk about my own book so much, but just because I've thought about it so right. much for to get it right. Yeah. Uh, Jameson is really worried that he doesn't belong anywhere and that he's right. like, he's got, he's penniless and he's an orphan and he doesn't yeah. belong anywhere. And Lux, when she figures out the mistaken identity, is to get the hell out of here. You don't belong here. Oh. And she means it, you know, she's coming from a place of this is for paying yeah, customers. Yeah, it's not and, because of him. It's not because of no, anything and, personal. And, right. And what you just did might have just cost my family literally everything. Right. And I can't even imagine a world where you didn't do it on purpose because my armor is sky high to protect myself. Yeah. And so that hits his, mm-hmm. like, where it hurts. And he hits her where it hurts, too, by sort of, like, accusing her of being... He kind of goes after being fake uh, and using people. Wow. And that's her with someone who has emotional manipulation magic. That's one of her biggest fears that plays into, like, her not being connected with anybody. Uh-oh, you're going into a turtle shell here. You're, fine. Your fall it's sweater fine. in August It is just happening. <laughs> it is happening. Are you worried about your book? Yeah. I'm sure you do it. I'm sure I'm you sure do I'm sure I do it. Do you want to talk it out? No, See, it's fine. When... I... <laughs> Fuck. Um... Okay, so I, I have the meet cute. Theirs is a very fantasy thing, like a, a belief that they are on opposite sides, or he thinks they're on opposite sides. And do they get along when they meet? No. Why? He's okay, so it's complicated. It's complicated. Mm-hmm. So he's he's trying to pretend to be something that he thinks will appeal to her, which is this like brash, um, I have a big plan to do things. Why? And uh, because he's trying to manipulate her. Okay, gotcha. Um, and he thinks that's what she needs to hear. And she's okay. like, I don't have time in my life for another person with another scheme. So right there. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt Great, a little interrupt. I know about your book. He has a parent figure who does not have a good relationship with and probably is used to being cast aside and yes. people dismissing him. And so she's already dismissed him in a way that. Oh, shit. Okay. Do you see what I mean? Yes. You did it. Got you it. did it. Done. Yes. Because we try to hurt them in these moments, and you know how your characters hurt, so you did it. Exactly. And for anyone who's listening, and including Anna, this for Ravel as an example, I didn't get this right until the first round, or second round with my editor. Okay. So I made it through Pitch Wars, I made it through getting an offer from my agent, I made it through two rounds of revisions with my agent... I made it through even my first edit letter didn't mention touching the romance. Everyone was pleased with the romance, but I, in my reread, was like, oh, I could, I need to level this up. I can okay. do better. Like, since I've, I think that's what the I've thing learned, is yeah. like, I think I could be more coherent and clear about it, but I'm not allowed to touch it right now. So <laughs> I think it's fine. It's in the hundred pages come, that are fine. You'll have to take some threads out later and it'll, you know, it'll Great. happen later. So for me, this was like, I was okay. on like draft 12 or something. This was, this was far. Rad. And I didn't change the story. I was just like, oh, wait a second. Let me make 
sure she punches him where it hurts. Let me right. phrase it in a way that's going to that, cut extra deep okay. in a way that only Jameson can get cut this way, where someone else would roll their eyes or laugh. But he's right. like, ooh, I don't belong here, right. where my best friends are from, and everyone has magic except me, and everyone has money except me. You know, like, <laughs> little Alexis and family except me. That poor boy. He's I love so him. Emo. He's like, okay, I'm going to fall out the window. <laughs> I'll jump out the window now. Bye, folks. Yeah, so that okay. that's a later thing. But anyways, this is all... So now that's the first layer of the plot tip. That's okay. Hook. Uh, midpoint, the spot between... Yes. It, halfway between. In a traditional romance, which I don't follow this, but textbook romancing the beat, for example, yes. which is like a, a very popular beat sheet for romance, would say this is the part where their relationship gets physical. Okay. Um, that this is where the attraction is realized, where maybe the couple starts dating, maybe uh-huh. they're like getting freaky for the first time yes uh i like a slower burn i love when other people do that i'm happy but i tend to for me the midpoint then is often something like oh fuck i have feelings yeah it's the um i have like the only thing i can contribute to this is i usually have like two uh uh-oh moments i call them uh uh-oh and Mm -hmm. one is i i like the formula it works for me in like not every time, but I like the uh oh, they're hot, and then we start to see the layers beneath that, right? Like we have that physical attraction, um, and then like the midpoint for me is not like a physical. It can be physical. I think it's like, you know, a thing of like where I didn't touch you before, I've now touched your hand, right? We get very pride mm-hmm. and prejudice about it, um, and it's more for me about and like they get to imagine a happily ever after like this is the like yes. now i'm even starting to think about this as a possibility yep okay absolutely okay yeah i'm with you there so i think point being there's a lot of flexibility to this this could be i mean in twilight they're officially together starting yes. at the midpoint they lay in the field she says in her narrative like three things i know for sure one Edward is a vampire. Two, he thirsts for my blood uh-huh. and perhaps always will. And three, I am deeply, unequivocally in love with him. I'm like, yes. whoa, Bella, coming out strong. But she feels right? what she Just feels, girl. Smashing <laughs> us in the face with those feelings. And that's teenage like hormones. the right. I think that's the midpoint. If I'm, I, I'm pretty sure that's I would the agree. Midpoint. Yeah. So, yeah, it can be. It can be anything from we are in love. To, ooh, he's hot, or like, oh, I touched his hand, and now I just keep staring at my own hand or shaking my own hand. Uh-huh. But it's something that shifts between how it started and where it's going to end. Right. Because you have to be uh, able to get to the happily ever after, which is we are together. You have to have a shift towards it's a possibility now. Exactly. Okay. And the engine for all this, I want to pause and go to the other two columns that I've ignored so far. Engine. I'm ready. The engine for all this. So we have the main character's column of their emotional journey. Like, I'm even taking aside the actual, I often will separate the emotional journey from the plot journey. Yes. (laughs) Uh You know, if the plot is a heist, then that's one journey. If the plot is uncovering some secret or coming, learning some magic, that's one journey. But the emotional journey is the lie, truth versus lie. And they both have their own truth versus lie. And these are the ones that it has to be, this is the engine for the romance. Okay. They, the romance... I mean, and I guess this varies. The more important romance is to your flat, 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 to your flat, to your flat. What is that? What's that a combination of? I'm worried it's flat plot. To your flat plot. (laughs) (laughs) To your fucking plot, plot. (laughs) 
anywho, why am I saying anywho today, Anna? Um, it's okay. Every time, every now and then, here's a here's a thing that you can do. Uh, I say it to piss my husband off, and I'm sure he can hear me Ooh. just enough that he will roll his eyes as soon as I walk in there. Um, but just to make him mad, I'll go any hoodle, and he's Ooh, like, "That's a good one." He's like, what's the purpose of I that? married a 90-year-old woman. <laughs> Any hoodle. Who died in the Spanish influenza. <laughs> That's <laughs> She's me. a vampire. I'm going to knit you an Afghan, son. <laughs> Aw. I wish I had a wife who knitted for me. Oh, I can't knit. <laughs> no, neither can I. Okay. We're not getting married. <laughs> no. Sorry. Any hoodle. Any hoodle. Um, the other two, co- I think the more important romance is to the plot the more you want to focus on this there are probably very looser ways to do this if romance is really like a third plot or very much a secondary plot right but um being that Ravel was very deeply romantic like you can't have the plot without the romance exactly for what i try to do is make sure that whatever each character's lie or misbelief is that as they the romance is directly threatening that yeah, okay. And putting yes. friction to that lie. And so these things are weaving together. So okay. you want to think about how, okay, if the, we know resolution for both of them is like they overcome their lie. So let's think of an example here. Well, let's go with the one, nothing's more important than my grades. Yes. Like I have to just focus on getting into this one law school. And at the end, she's going to learn that you can put water in many cups, so to speak, yes. metaphorically. Like, there are lots of, you don't have to put your your whole life on hold. You have many strengths and your heart's capable of many things. You mm-hmm. can do hard things at, at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> um, and also, life doesn't go the way you planned, and sometimes love, right. you know what I mean? Like, love knocks you. And maybe the, what is a nice alternate, we're just... <laughs> I love how we're like very ambitiously being like, let's invent whole plots. Let's in one invent episode. a whole plot in one episode. Um, so I would just think of the exact opposite of that, which is somebody who drop out, drop out, laissez faire. Meh, it'll happen if it's like a happen. Nick Miller. Yeah, yeah, it's a Nick Miller. Go. Right. You can't disappoint anybody if you don't try. Yes including yourself and at the end it's like recognizing that that fear probably and close to the end is that that fear really comes from a place of disappointing yourself and getting to a place of like i can have goals and want things Uh um and so you want the romance to directly these things are going to interact with each other so the romance fuels the change that happens for each individual and their individual changes are then fueling the romance like so i can see where the nick miller character would you know, I don't have to try, therefore I won't disappoint anybody. But this other character who tries really hard has instilled in him this want to try, right? And he is has now, he sees a victory of that. And then they celebrate together this little victory. Right. And, or maybe, yes, and maybe this person's calling him out for not trying. And maybe right. that not trying has caused this person harm. Uh-huh. He's not trying has hurt this person who he cares about and has disappointed her. Okay. Uh, and it's like left her stranded in some way. So now in order, he can't keep the lie and the girl. So they has to, like it causes friction. Okay. Which goes like the truth and lie, like the mental backflips, right? Like yes. in act three, the mental backflips, what can I do to keep both of them? How can I keep the thing that makes me feel better? The truth, which is embodiment of another character that we have with a romance versus my lie. How can I keep both yes. of them? Let's go to, so we talked about Hook, a little bit romantic midpoint resolution, but I want to go to, like, the plot turn one. Got it. And so this is usually where the characters, in the more romantic your plot, and this is, I know you and I have both struggled with this, 
the more you need your characters to enter into something that requires them to spend time together. Okay. I, in earlier drafts of Ravel, did not do this well, and it's very hard to develop a romance when they're not on page together, as you, I know, are figuring out a different part of wow. your book. Wow, yeah, what, what a concept. <laughs> uh, but in a, in a fantasy or in a speculative book, in a book that, that where there's a lot going on, it's actually hard to come up with, you don't want to just come up with reasons, like it, it, yeah. it sells the book short. Yeah. yeah. So part of it is making sure there's a legitimate, believable reason that they're spending time together. Right. Which in Ravel ends up being that Lux is the only one who recognizes that Jameson needs Lux's help specifically, and she kind of, he kind of unsuccessfully blackmails her, and finally she takes pity on him and agrees to help him. Right. And they have to spend time together as they uncover this mystery of his past. That makes sense. uh, Which gives them a chance to actually get to know each other. Right. And so that's where, like... The inciting incident in both of their individual arcs is making some sacrifice on that lie in order to spend time with that person, in order to go on a path where they... um, Let's think of a popular book and see how it works. I mean, Twilight, we've talked about this is where... We keep using Twilight. It's just so funny to me. It's, it's like, it is so funny. Twenty years ago, <laughs> and everyone shits on, but we're like, hey, it follows plot. Hey, it follows the <laughs> it plot. Works. It does the thing, right? It does the thing. Um, he saves her life, and uh, she discovers he has superhuman powers, and now they are inextricably connected. Yes, he can't just pretend she doesn't yeah. have some hint of his secret, and she can't just pretend he's normal. Right. So she is like, I have questions, and he's like, Oh, right. You're never gonna let this go. Uh, so now they have a reason to spend time together, and he's stalking her, which helps. You know, that that <laughs> takes care of that. Closeness, done. I'm thinking of um, Book Lovers. I know that's a popular one. It's just a straight-up mm-hmm. romance. I don't know. I don't know that I've read it, but tell me. An agent who is in conflict with this editor who, like, totally, they had it. It was, like, on the day of a breakup, she met him and for an appointment, and she was, like, late and she's never like she's not really late and he's like a persnickety you have to be on time kind of person and they it's not a great meeting it's not it doesn't go over well he like kind of shits talks the writing or whatever just not shit talking but he's like very clinical like and very open with his opinion and the way they are forced to spend time together is that when she goes on a trip it is to the small town that is in the book that he shit on and it turns out it's his hometown, and he's also there for the Ooh. summer. Oh, hence why he shit on it. Which, sorry to interrupt, but that plays into she hurt him in a very specific way, or he hurt her in a very specific. No, she hurt him. He was very he in insulting this town. It's because he's from there that he insulted exactly. it. So her writing about this town or, or representing a book about this, I didn't follow like too closely, hits his wound in a way that only she could hit it like yes. the, in a very specific and yeah, you don't so he's like this is inauthentic this isn't actually what it's like at all like he's talking about has she done her research or whatever and then it's right when he's at the town that you're like oh shit that's why he shit on it because when they get there they're like it's not anything like what the book said it was it's a typical like Appalachian small town well not typical but close to it so okay that makes sense like they're they're stuck together and then like through the plot they are stuck together through a bunch of other like threads because it's a small town and you're going to constantly run into each other and somebody's going to be somebody's cousin and exactly for the same thing yeah Yeah, exactly they're now put in an environment that gives them the opportunity to have the friction that's fun and entertaining and make progress yes 
Um, and so, yeah, so you want each of them to be challenging the other one, both on their, like, they're challenging each other on their emotional journeys, forcing change through that friction, which is then carrying and propelling. That's the engine for the romantic plot. I love that. I love that term engine. Yeah. So okay. then it, it drives the romantic plot. So now okay. they're in, yeah. Um, so uh, like thinking of our fake story, like mm-hmm. if now these people end up, I don't know where are, they end up as, uh, I don't know, they're roommates. Now we're doing a weird version of New Girl where Jess right. is a student. A law student. <laughs> I don't know how we got here, but we're here. <laughs> um, we're going with it. Sorry uh, to whoever wrote New Girl. It's great. We're um, making our own fan fiction version that's exactly <laughs> like your version. Uh, we're back to needing royalties. <laughs> <laughs> Cha-ching, cha-ching. I'm gonna yeah, get just a... sign us up for that writer strike. Of... <laughs> when, yeah, we're on board now. We're on board with the strike. <laughs> We've always been on board. Always been on board with the strike. Everybody knows. always. Okay. Um, but yeah, so they live together. There's opportunity, and now her being a go-getter pushes his lazy buttons, and then he is gonna prove to her because she's calling him lazy that he cannot be lazy, which propels him to make some kind of change. Yes, and that changes. Maybe it's attractive to her. It's tied to her. But him having fun, he forces her to have fun. Uh-huh. And now the relationship has shifted from we're opposite roommates, you know, or right. sweet mates, whatever it is, to we're friends who have fun together. Yes, we do things um, together. We help each other out. Advice I got early on, I think it was from Emily Thede, who hosted Basic Pitches uh-huh. with you. Yes, I think it was during Pitch Wars. She told me, make a chart. Uh-huh. Um, not a matrix, not a graph. Um, <laughs> a chart. Well, well. <laughs> That goes through the stages that your couple needs to go through before they get to be in love. So okay. if they start out not trusting each other, and then there's maybe like a little bit of, often there's like a little bit of respect. Uh-huh. Like, well, I don't like that person, but I sure as hell respect what they did there. Right. And, oh, well, oh, this person's actually, I can I can get along with this person. Maybe I misunderstood this. I can get along with this person. And then, ooh, like when their hand touches my hand, I feel I things. feel things, Yes. And then it's, well, it's okay. So we're physically attracted, but that's it. That's totally it. Yeah. And then it's, oh shit, that's not it. Uh I'm catching feelings. Uh, And that, you know, and that sort of stages and then taking that and I kind of keep that on a little post-it as I'm writing and I'm thinking, okay, where am I at now? And like cross one off when I get through it. That's so smart because that's the thing that I have fallen into. That's my pitfall of this back half is... We just are not checking off the boxes of like where do they feel, how do they feel about each other now, and that makes. Well, you a said lot of so sense. much plot is happening. So much There's plot is happening yeah. that I just like totally forgot to write them together. It's the the whoever did the editing of Shadow and Bone season one yeah. <laughs> on Netflix, where they just completely edited. Yeah, out Mal and Alina, Alina are and totally Mal. in love. Watch them They're make just, they out. They go from friends <laughs> to riding off into the sunset, and they never kiss. And I'm like, never what kiss. happened? They never. They don't. They no. don't touch each other. They don't kiss. They're just like, yeah. you know, he's got his arm around her like he's her boyfriend now. But we never saw them talk about the fact. I that wonder. From- here's my thing. I wonder if okay. they didn't. This is this is a conspiracy theory. I wonder mm-hmm. if they didn't do it because they didn't want people to stop watching because they know Ben Barnes is hot. So, like, by being, just, like, they're friends or maybe more. But it didn't seem like they were friends. I'd be okay if they, if the... Yeah. It didn't seem like they were friends. It seemed like they were in no, love they were catching and that he feelings. was her boyfriend. Yeah. Like, I'd even go beyond catching feelings. It seemed like at the end of season okay. one, in the book, I agree with you. Like, yes. in the book, I think it goes okay. more, it's written very well. This is nothing against right. LB. <laughs> no, this is the TV show. 
the TV show, I really think that they jump and that they're, she leaves the bad situation. Yes. And he is there for her. And next thing you know, there's a lot of action and a lot of fight scenes. Right. And then, like, he has his arm around her in a non-friendly way in one of those final images. And, like, they're looking up at each other like lovey-dovey and they are touching in a way that friends don't touch. And then they're both comfortable with it. Right. Like, we jumped all the stages in between where friends to were right. lovers. They just didn't show it on screen. Oh, wow. I have like, to go. Like, we did yeah. I have to rewatch this. I felt this. very strongly about it after I went okay. to my little right in Slack and we had a little shadow and bone channel. I'm like, did anybody else, did anybody <laughs> else notice? <laughs> I they didn't everybody kiss. Validate this. They didn't kiss. <laughs> Why didn't they kiss? <laughs> so that's my theory. I have no proof other than my own one time watch. Oh, sorry, honey. I'm sorry, Nessie Nunes. Go back to sleep. She's like, you're too loud. You agree with me, don't you? You agree with me. She's like, yeah, that shadow and bone pissed me off so much. I need it. Let me. (laughs) She wants out. Sorry, Nessie, you're you're trapped. She's like, let me out. I don't want to talk about shows where they don't kiss. What I'm merging into seven layer plot, we should also, there's this article on Jamie Gold's website who does a lot. She has like a lot of resources, especially for romance writers. And she did, uh, had like a guest writer uh-huh. uh, of Rosie Dannon, who's a, a friend in um, I've CP'd for her and vice versa. And she does like, she calls them four threads and she braids the threads together and they have five uh, plot points. Okay. And so it's like, it doesn't have the um, pinch points, but since it includes the antagonistic, like the pressures against them, so to speak, like it gets woven in there anyways. Yeah. But the point she makes is how do how does each thread, which we're calling points, how do the points overlap and influence one another at this stage? Okay. So how do the threads overlap or how do the plot points th- overlap and influence each other at this stage? So uh, plot turn one, we've brought the characters mm-hmm. together in some way um we whatever's going on is you know the misbelief the lie is reinforced it's there but they're now in a situation that's going to directly challenge it so we want love interests own emotional journey to be causing friction with the main character's emotional journey so our our lazy guy is proudly lazy in ways that are uncomfortable and making super hardworking girl, jealous of his free time and lackadaisical thing, but holding on firmly that she's going to win in the end by having a better career or whatever. Um, And you also, romantically, you're keeping, you want that chemistry there. Um, Let's talk about chemistry for a second, because that's a question I get a lot. Yeah. Chemistry is tough to write. Yes. I, as like, honestly, I'm not talking a whole lot because I don't, this is something I'm not very comfortable with. Like, I don't. I think chemistry, the only thing that I think with chemistry is it's a combination of all the things that we have talked about so far and even more. It's voice, it's perspective, it's that truth versus lie, and then it's making sure that you put them in situations in which you can kind of let that fly. And you can see, oh, they bicker at each other. Oh, they see to the heart of each other. You know what I mean? I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah, and I'd say it, there's a flavor on... It's exactly what you're saying with, like, a there's, like, a film yeah. or flavor on top of it, I think, where, again, this is the having the reader do the work okay. of reading between the lines, that there's just enough of a hint in the voice for how the character truly feels that they're not even okay. aware of. Oh, um, yeah. Of that okay. attraction, right? So, like, at this phase. And then later, that attraction is more clear. I think it goes kind of from, like, an unconscious... Like, even when a character's like, well, he's super, super hot, 
However, I would never with yeah. that attitude, with that whatever, with that. Um, and then we see the way that they describe, like, I love, I've told you this before, Sally Thorne's, um, what's the book? The Enemies to Lovers, the work one. Fuck. I'm going to have to look it up. Oh, Hating Game? The Hating Game. Hating Game. The, I don't know if that's a thought or not, but that's the book. Um, the first, right away, it's like first chapter, first few pages, there's, uh, the main character does a very voicey um, going through of exactly what the eventual love interest, who's really, truly enemy right now, wears every day of the week, Monday's this, Tuesday's this, the, just the colors. Right. And just by the nature of her remembering and keeping track of these, you're like, uh-oh, girl. Like, you got it bad. Yeah, you got it bad. <laughs> like, you know immediately you've got it bad. Right, and like his stupid blue eyes, you know, like there's that sort of thing. Yes. That's one way to write where the reader gets to do the work of like, are they stupid, though? Or are they kind of really smart and great? <laughs> right. And that's that, like, the voice thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then the the perspective. The I'm sure her lie kind of goes along with this, that she has to pay hypervigilant attention to him. Totally. And then another big piece of this is uh, touch, too, which you've mentioned in terms of, like, the pride and prejudice hand thing, which we both love so much. Okay, here's my here's my little secret. I've been thinking about uh, my secret, secret love, which I know we may just have people stop listening to our podcast at this point, but I am a firm The Last Jedi, Raylo, Stan... But I thought about, like, where did that come from? And I've really, like, been very interested in, like, where did this vapid, like, following come from? And honestly, it is, I watched it the other day, and it, there's a scene in there where their fingers Yes, I know it. Oh, yeah. Just for a second. And it's like, and thus, a fan fiction was born, right? Like, <laughs> touch is so important. So, uh, as an aside, I fully support your Rayloing. I think we don't yuck people's Thank you very young. Much. Uh, I have never fully cognitively understood the backlash to it and how people, like, people put a moral code on fictional characters that are meant to end up to anyways that's an aside we can hold a whole episode of that i could do if you would like an entire episode on my hot takes about star wars fans (laughs) and raylo and i'll do that for free (laughs) um but touch uh jlb bff uh jennifer lynn barnes hey girl how you doing what's up what's up girl do 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 <laughs> I don't know why she's Mario, but JLB. she's JLB. Yeah, BSF. Any hoodle. <laughs> she talks about those six touchstones that, like, in her research, she has found oh, yeah. that make people really, like, get passionate about a story that get, are really attractive to readers. And one yeah. of them, which we'll get into, I think that deserves that episode in itself. One of them's touch. That when okay. people have to touch, when there is touch, when you mention touch, when you draw the reader's attention to touch, there's right. something that goes on unconsciously in our brain that's like, ooh. Oh, <laughs> oh, something's happening here that wasn't happening before. And it's true. When I'm in the beginning of a story and I don't know who I'm shipping yet, like who am I? And I'm, a, I'm very easy to please. Like whoever the author wants me to ship, maybe nine times out of ten, that's who I'm going to ship. Like, I, right. yeah, I'm very basic in that way. Like, I'm like, you go, author. I'm with you. I'm you going to do, do what you want me to do here. <laughs> Occasionally it doesn't work. And I'm like, what's happening? I'm shipping someone else. Uh, <laughs> but uh, when I'm trying to figure out who am I supposed to ship here, there's usually, as soon as two characters touch, I'm like, is it is it you? Are you that one. Is that, is it that the, one? These guys, right? This one's supposed to ship. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. When I'm trying to figure out who the love interest is, it's almost always touch that puts someone as like... They have received a rose to go to the next round. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for playing YA The Bachelor. (laughs) 
Move forward, please. <laughs> so yeah, so does this okay. does this make sense in terms of like No, because I think I really like thinking about fan fiction. I like thinking about cuz like they that's the thing where I think especially cuz so much fan fiction is romantic is like where does this come from? This shipping people and like where do where do we get these like I want to tell more of this story and I think it's because of things like this where it's like we let the reader fill in the gaps Mm -hmm. we set up a character so thoroughly and we trace a character so thoroughly and make sure that they weave in like seamlessly after many revisions with a romantic arc and like showing oop little romance there oop little romance there that it's like feeding them breadcrumbs to where they're like I need them to kiss. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And it's, again, it can be through touch. It can be through physical descriptions, the physical attraction, suppressed feelings. Um, right. In Ravel, like, at least from Lux's POV, she is, uh, next time she sees the guy she kicked out of her room, Jameson, it's at a party, and she is spending a whole lot of time telling the reader why she doesn't care who he's talking to and what he's doing and how he doesn't belong uh-huh. at this party and why is he looking at me don't even dare come up to me and like yes. she is so aware of his presence that you're just like are they are they gonna touch like what's going on here um uh-huh. and then they are like one of my favorite tropes is like you have to dance with someone that you're not on speaking terms with uh yes. and so there's a scene like that and she compares him like it'll yeah whatever if i have to dance with him fine it's just going to be like dancing with a statue i'm going to feel absolutely right. like, why are you telling yourself this girl like what's going right. on for you You've what do you got it bad. so then the right. reader has to do the work of like okay i don't believe you at all but this is you are still so clinging to your lie that you uh-huh. don't need anybody and, da, 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 and these are your priorities and this is like so your version of reality yeah. right now that this is how you're coping with the other person's presence yeah and then his own art brings him to a place where he is going to kind of make her more uncomfortable he is leaning in and really desperate for her help she's the only person who can help him in this one way so he is pleading puppy dog eyes and she's like oh puppy dog eyes you know what i mean it's like yeah i guess so so then that pulls this like puts pressure on their individual journeys to make forces them to agree to spend even more time together and so now the romantic arc has we've gone to the next phase exactly um and the pinch points of this, both pinch point one and pinch point two, like when the force is against them, this is when I, again, I think the magic sauce is when we can get each character's individual struggle, their emotional struggle, negatively impact the romantic arc as it develops. Exactly. Yes. So in Twilight, this is all the various ways that Edward backs away or puts her in danger or whatever right. it is. And then... I mean, it's the whole book of New Moon. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, in our example here, this would be when Lazy lazy Boy goes too far and sabotages her alarms to get her to sleep in. You know what I mean? And like, Yes. And then she misses something really important. So now she's extra clinging. She's taking a step back romantically. Yes. Of like, I could never let myself even think about someone who would mess with right. my own, who doesn't I understand the importance. Yeah, exactly. and this is the I got burnt because I believed in the truth mm-hmm. that I had. And the romance, yeah, yes. follow that. The truth that I'm moving towards, I believed in that and let him help me believe that too much. And now it has hurt me. Yeah, and like in your... And tr- this is why I believe what exactly. I believe. And in your truth versus lie, but as the couple being their own entity, this would yeah. be like that clinging to the lie 
uh, while trying to walk toward the truth. That's where we're at yes. now. So I am the happily ever after is waiting for us, but I'm still lazy as hell and you're still driven yes. as hell. And we're still not, we're not making any sacrifices here. Right. So they hurt each other in this way. It brings conflict. It okay. breaks them apart. This tracks. Yes. That's what people always talk about, like, in the romance community, there's a lot of debate about whether or not a couple should actually break up at pinch point two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, I think that's, like, a whole another discussion. But the idea is, again, just, like, when we've talked about Seven Layer Plot, did that pinch point two is the jaws of defeat. Like, what's the worst thing that can happen to a happily ever after? It's a breakup. Yeah. It's something that forces them apart in some kind of way or forces them back toward their their lie right? right like it's their their the reality of their lie has come true and they are at their lowest point and whatever that looks like in the romantic arc which usually is a breakup like i can't be with you because you've cost me everything and the way you described it is perfect because then that's earned if if yes. you have and this is my hot take i think that when a, when people are reading something and they're feeling like the breakup, ugh, it's just another third act breakup. If that's not their own bias, if it's like, there's probably a little bit of truth in that. It's probably not earned as well as it could be earned. Right. I have certainly read books where I'm like, eh, well, I guess they break up here because this is formulaic now and it feels exactly. formulaic. Exactly. This is just like, we have to break up because that's what we have exactly. to do. Rather than like, we have to break up because you've wrecked my life. I have allowed this to wreck my life. Exactly. Because you have wrecked because, and that is where all having all of these columns in your matrix come in handy. Because you want to think, what is the worst possible thing that could happen to my main character? And how mm-hmm. can my love interest cause it? Yes. Because that's why people break up and vice versa. What is the worst Ooh. possible thing that could happen to my... I know I had okay. an aha moment too there. Oh, I like this. You like it? I like this a lot. I think it like is one thing that had I not, had I not kind of just like organically, because I think it was, it was our mutual friend, um, Tori, who was like, I think maybe it's time to seven layer plot dip this romance arc. And I was like... <laughs> I hate you, you're right? Um, and I did it, and I was like, oh, man, this makes so much sense. Like, this, I would be crying in a corner. I would be crying in a corner. We've already um, done pissing this. Pissing my pants. Yeah, but I, I've done this, and this makes sense. But these, like, there's so much here that, like, that is clicking for me, which is the, like, how to create chemistry. And it's, like, an overlapping of all these different things. I love the puzzle pieces for perfection, and the destination disaster. Like, I love, 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 love that. Because that's another thing that you can, like, think about as you're planning your novel, right? Of, like, that's something you can do at the get-go so that you're headed in the right direction. Yeah, maybe you that's can so even come up cool. with your pinch point two, like, the worst, darkest moment, climax, whatever we're going to call it. Right. In advance, like, what is the worst thing that can happen to this character that I've invented what it, what would right. be disaster and how do I make the other person cause it and then how do I make the yeah. other person cause it that is freaking awesome and this is why like as an aside which I'm going to segue in a second but my advice in general would be to people to like get critique partners out of your genre because I've learned a ton from having romance writers as critique partners that's how I feel confident in romance right Um, but that's true I mean mystery writers have helped me in other ways with hiding elements and red herrings and thriller writers with pacing like get critique partners that don't write what you write right middle grade writers with voice like there's so much that you can learn from people out of your own genre and age group 
for real. It's that read widely, but then find critique partners widely. Speaking of which, um, we had a reader. Oh, reader. (laughs) Thank you for reading our podcast. We had a listener question (gasps) about critique partners, which I thought was a really (gasps) good one. Uh, And I'm just putting you totally on the spot here. We should have talked about this. Um, I love this. They asked, how would we recommend getting, finding critique partners if someone's having trouble? I recently had this with um, a young writer friend of mine who is like just entering college and they were like, what do I do? I want to get serious about writing. And I was like, you could always go to twit. Nope. X that out. (laughs) X that out. (laughs) Um, Finding critique partners. Do you have an answer? Part of me would love for this to be a call to action in terms of, like, we know what we don't know. We've both been fortunate enough to have critique partners for years. Um, And so if anybody knows what in 2023, with Twitter being pretty much, like, almost totally dead, uh, what a good way to go about it. I mean, part of it is just my concern is that the access there are this is still happening. DV Pitt, for example, moved to a discord, I believe. Yes. Uh, like these are still happening and there are still communities where people in the same phase are going after the same thing. Yes. But how do you get access to those communities without social media? That is the thing that I don't know. Like that is the thing that I cannot wrap my head around because I have seen the discord thing pop up a couple of different times with like just randomly and like it'll be weeks and then somebody will pop up like in my discord channel and I'm like what the yeah. Where, where is this happening? Right. But then how, like, how do you break into that? Um, and then if you take away even social media, especially like if you take away Instagram, I don't know. So my natural instinct, yes, I want to hear from other people. Like other people, please, please, please tell us like what are some channels we'll send them out. But my natural instinct would be just to do Instagram. Like mm-hmm. some people, there are some people who do the accounts of like, show me a picture of your romance pairing and your latest work in progress. And you can do that. And then just like scour the hashtag and like writing community hashtag yes. M writing hashtag M querying yes. M writing YA M writing fantasy. Um, right. Yeah. And I think it's the big, the first major, major, major hurdle is just finding people. Right. And so we're going to think some more on that. But then what what helped me and I'd hope would still apply if we could fucking find people, which is the hardest part. Right. I read voraciously for other people. Uh, I made my I was a reader first and like almost like I was a giver. (laughs) I tried to be a Uh giver uh, and not a taker or, you know, quid pro quo in that way. And would often trade just a chapter to test the chemistry. And there are yes. plenty of people I traded with who I was like, we're just not, we both felt it. It's usually a very mutual thing where I'm like, politely like, yeah, maybe we'll do this again. And then like, we never hear from each other again. Exactly. Exactly. But how do you even find those people <laughs> without Twitter? I did it on, I did it on Twitter. I did it from applying to Pitch Wars, which is gone. People did it applying to Author Mentor Match, which is, has not announced being gone, but it's certainly been on hiatus for a while. Right. Um, That's I'm I'm at a loss. Like I tried, I tried so hard to help this person out, and I don't know. Like I just don't, I just don't know anymore. I think we got because gotta, all the avenues yeah. are gone. So maybe what if we challenge ourselves for this week to get back to by next I love by that. next week? Let's let's recognize what we don't know. We're a little too I love out that. of it and, get, and come back. I will. Let's do that because I would love that. I would love to be 
in the know of that yeah. to help other people. Craft corner, craft corner. Craft corner, craft corner. It's craft corner. Do you have one? I got one. Go. All right. Shout out to Meg Long, Cold the Night, Fast the Wolves, her debut. Um, She's got two albums out there. I will always call her Meg Cold the Night. Um, Meg Long recently helped me think through something in my novel, and she gave me feedback she uses at her very cool job at Netflix. Uh, which Love is, her. I know, she's just so cool. She's just so she's cool. She's so cool. She is so cool. <laughs> she, like, gives no shits and just, like, stays in her lane and writes kick-ass books and gives amazing advice. I, every day I'm not in her presence is a day wasted. <laughs> Anyways, what Meg told me that um, she did for something at work, she's like, oh, I think this would help you with what you're talking about with my book two plotting, replotting, cry, insert cry here. Um she says that she does her own matrix doesn't even this was a very much a coincidence i don't even think she's listened to our matrix episode yet but she Uh does her own matrix where she puts her all of her characters in columns and all of her characters in rows and then how they interact with each other (gasps) no you're like literally in a shock phase but in terms of someone having a chip on their shoulder in past episodes we've talked about like how in therapy what i noticed in real life people have a patternistic way of relating to people and so yeah. it's boring if it's the same exact thing with every personality you come across. But to keep that chip or whatever you're bringing to that interaction and then have it yeah. like subtly shift between people and how with their own, with the sunshine person, with this person who represents this philosophy, with this cool person, with this asshole. Like what a way to keep track of this. Right. I thought that was so cool. Because that's something that's so hard. Like, I feel it every time I open my book is like, how do I track anything through 90,000 words? And one of them is like, how do I make sure that all these interactions, especially with like secondary and tertiary characters, feels real and authentic? Holy cow. I think I'm going to save it for revisions because I'm worried it'll yeah eat my brain if I try to do it. From the, there's already, Absolutely. I got 14 columns in my friggin' matrix now because I'm yeah. an over, overthinker in it. Yeah, so I'm I'm not touching it yet, but yeah, um, do not overcomplicate. But very cool advice, right? Dang! I put a bookmark in it, and I was like, "Craft corner, craft corner." That's it for this week. <laughs> you found it. Yep. That's so good. It's good. I'm excited to use it. All right, you're up, Miss. I'm stuck. Okay, so here's here's the thing. I'm on um, I'm on round one billion of edits with this book. And uh, I immediately, and they're small edits. I'm asked to do small edits, like we're at line edit territory. And I immediately opened my edit letter and cried. <laughs> sorry, I don't mean to laugh at your tears. It's just no. Please do I'm laugh. Sorry. No, it's great. I I immediately cried, and I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. And then I like, and it was fine. Like it was glowing comments, just little line edit things. Like it wasn't anything. I was just overwhelmed from like all the work to do. So I highly suggest that if you are stuck in that situation, find a way to take it not so seriously. And I have created a doc that is called final in parentheses, dear God, please, (laughs) agent revision. 
And at the top of it, I have put like a, a meme from Into the Spider-Verse, which is, all right, let's do this one last time, which is a line they repeat every time a new Spider-Man shows up on the screen. <laughs> um, and then it's like, here's a bunch of notes for myself. And then I came up with, uh, you know, on my page that has the plan I put from The Dark Knight. Do I really look like a guy with a plan? Um, <laughs> And honestly, it has, like, allowed me to, like, be structured, but then also be like, it's okay. Like, it really resonated with uh, what we said. Elizabeth Gilbert's uh, It's Just a Book. Right. It's just a book. And I was like, it's just a book. All right, let's do this one more time. Do I look like I got, look like I'm a guy with a plan? Oh, I love and, that. I love that. So, it's a talk about keeping the joy in writing because you're... Yes. You've been working on this book for such a long time. Like... Yes. A really... It, it is now a... A conscious process that you're talking about of needing to keep yourself motivated to get through it one more yes. fucking time. Because I read it, I like opened it up and I was like, I hate this book. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm sad that I hate my book. And then it took a day and I was like, okay, it's fine now. <laughs> I wonder if that's what the tears were, not to be your therapist. I wonder if the tears were the exhaustion of this book. Oh, I, I would guarantee it is. Yeah. It was like, I don't want to do this one more time. But then I had to memeify it and say, all right, let's do this one more time. <laughs> so I'm glad you're not taking yourself too seriously while you're doing the serious work. Yes. That's good. That's a good so. craft corner. I like there we go. It. Craft corner. Oh, craft we like corners, corner. don't we? We do like, we do like, we corners. Do like corners. It's weird. Um, I need, now I just need people to know that craft corner is clean. Is clean. It's clean. It is not the piss corner. That's the opposite. No, we corner. protect. Craft Corner. No one yes. pisses in Craft Corner. No, not even you, doesn't... Eddie. <laughs> not even you, Eddie. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go watch Twilight. Nobody now. puts Eddie in the piss. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Turning to Story. We hope you like this episode on romance. I sure did learn a lot. And I hope you are ready for next week's episode, which is one of my favorites we've ever done, Side Characters. See you next time. Bye!